Welcome to Size Eyes, the life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Fully Content series, where content is king, but its wisdom is the kingdom. Where learning is simultaneously a convergent and divergent experience. Where the threads of all the content consumed connect to form a mesmerizing web of infinite understanding. This series explores my unique insights, learnings, and connections with books, podcasts, articles, documentaries, and any other forms of content that I consume. Ultimately though, all this knowledge is only a rumor until it is in the muscle. All right, in this fully content episode, we're gonna be looking at Homebody, which is a book I had recently finished up, written by Rupi Kaur. <clears throat> a book that was written a few years ago, I think, I want to say her first book, but I'm not sure, but she's written three total books, I want to say, um, and early success, early fame, and she's made the most of it and spreading her positive energy and vulnerability with others. And so I read this book, wanted to get more into poetry, wanted to get more into reading books by um, different backgrounds of people and listen to their stories. And so this is one book that I bought recently. So I'll just kind of share my thoughts. Obviously, this is a poetry book and so I'm just going to read verbatim since I did take notes verbatim of what those exact poems and thoughts were. So I'll just kind of stop and make any comments if I wish for any of these. But this might be a shorter one and just wanted to share what I wrote down as some of the more profound pieces in there. Depression is silent. You never hear it coming, and suddenly, it's the loudest voice in your head. Oof. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I think I went through a quick, not quick, but a short period of, of depression um, in, I think, during early COVID times, like March, April, um, you know, that devolved into different things or I guess that displayed itself I should say in different in different ways but but yeah it was it was like a voice that was that I didn't know that was there but then when I noticed it was there it was the only voice that was there and it, it's crazy how that works man uh, next one, if you could accept that perfection is impossible, what would you stop obsessing over? Obviously rhetorical here, but I'll answer it. I think, I was thinking about this earlier, but I think anything that is public facing, right? I think my, when I was growing up, need for approval from others, right? So... How that plays out now is I think anything content-wise, because 
most things content-wise is going to be public-facing, right? Whether that's an Instagram post, uh, blog piece, um, this, any of the podcasts, etc. Right? I want it to be perfect, especially if it's something that showcases skills, showcases some talent, right? A musician has to be almost perfect in their piece, in their singing, in their playing, etc. And so it's almost an unex unreal standard for people not at, at that level, but who want to be, or at least act like, not in a bad way, but who want to act like they are at that level. And so I, wa I want to throw that perfection to the wind and be imperfect and stop obsessing over that imperfect over that perfection another one uh, the love of my life I am the love of my life ooh also a powerful one right it's like we're looking for other people looking for other things to make us happy like, just look in the mirror like I should be the love of my life. And, you know, I've been saying that to myself in the mirror. I haven't done as much recently. But I did it as a habit for a while, and it's, it had a, a very positive impact. You know, when you, when you tell yourself that you love yourself, of these powerful words, these feelings that you're creating when you're looking at yourself, when you're looking into your soul through the eyes in a mirror, right? The love of my life is me. Next one here. Why does everything become less beautiful once it belongs to us? It's also a good one. It's like we're always desiring the next thing and Desire is a, a interesting relationship with the word desire. But, you know, in this case, why does everything become less beautiful once it belongs to us? Desire to have something, desire to do something, desire to be someone, right? In this case, let's say it's an object, desire to have something. Once it belongs to us, once this item, once we've bought it, once it's in our hands, once we've become used to it, now it's part of us. And now we're looking for the next thing to make a part of us. And so, that we, so then we see that what is already a part of us, it's normal. And that we don't recognize its beauty. That we don't recognize the desire that we initially had to actually get it to be a part of us. Hmm. That's good. Now let's see what else. Play is when we escape time. So, yeah, this one is, I was like, damn, yeah, that's true. Play is when we escape time. When we're playing as kids, we have no function of time. We have no concept of like, oh, it's time to eat. It's, we're hungry. It's time to relax, it's time to sleep, it's just we play, 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 our energy is created, we, 
energy is being used, energy with friends, sharing that energy, and then, you know, I, and then I guess, and then we're hungry, and then we sleep. Um, and then when we play as adults, we're in this state of flow. Flow is play. Right? Meditation is flow. Meditation is play, if we're doing this law of syllogism here. Um, but play is when we escape time. There is no concept of time. We're just in the moment. We're just joyous, abundant joy. Uh, if you want to be creative, you need to learn how to do stuff that has no purpose. So I think this is true, and there may be cases where it's not. But obviously I get where she's coming from. Of, like, hey, let's don't think about, or, you know, let's say, don't put any uh, guide rails. Don't think about work here. Or don't think about a specific thing if you want to let your imagination run wild. All right, and, and I do that a lot, right? Doing nothing is sometimes the hardest thing. A quote by one of my, a friend that, I, that stayed with me, actually recording it right now, exactly where I was sitting when he said it, here at home, in my apartment, was if, if you can do nothing, then you can do everything. Boom. It was like, damn. Right? If we can just do nothing. We allow that space. We empty that space and allow ideas and creativity to flow in and be our most spontaneous, authentic self. And we allow time for that play. And paradoxically, when we allow time for that play, there is no time because play is when we escape time. On the contrary here, I think how to learn how to do stuff that has no purpose. In a work setting, we can also be creative. In a marketing field for me, for example, there is a purpose for my creativity. The purpose is to make an impact on the community, to make an impact on customers, to generate revenue, right? And I need to be creative in the campaigns that we run, and who I involve, how we're going to roll them out, who we work with, all these types of things. And so when we restrict ourselves, when we put constraints in a positive sense, that, all, that can also impact creativity positively and allow it to flourish. So I think both sides of creativity are true. I think it's just a matter of when do we employ which one? Next here. I'm not interested in a feminism that thinks simply placing women at the top of oppressive systems is progress. Yes. Preach. Like, yeah, I think sometimes it's even vain numbers of like, hey, look at the progress that we've made. I think this is the downside, let's say, of the DEI movement, right, of diversity, equity, inclusion, 
of businesses making decisions to be perceived as diverse, equitable, and inclusive. It's the perception that they want to change without actually changing the underlying systems. And so when they say they can, all right, we have a minority person in charge, when we have an, you know, Sundar Pichai being the CEO of Google, when we have Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, when we have women run Fortune 50 businesses, right? That's a great story. But, and, but still, like, you know, even then it's like 2%, 1%, 5% of, uh, you know, major companies, whatever, whatever the stat is, you know, of, of CEOs that are uh, minorities or women or anything else, right? But even those companies that do do that, right, what is their intention? I'm not automatically saying it's bad. I'm just saying what is, I'm just questioning what are people's intentions. And if they're good, let's just roll with that, right? But let's, let's question. Let's question everything. Let's be introspective in an organizational scale. So, but let's, let's, so let's do those things positively with those positive intentions, but then also under change the underlying systems, right? So I think it's a both. We can't just say only change the systems and then see no effect in short term, nor can we say let's just change the short term without changing the underlying systems, which is the long term, right? I think it's, you gotta do both concurrently. And that's what I've realized generally about, about things is there's a short term and a long term. Can't really get to the long term without doing the short term. But you can't just only focus on the short term without focusing on the long term. Otherwise, you sacrifice the long term. And then you wish you were focusing on the long term and the short term at least a little bit. So, a lot of, a lot of tangents there on that one, but... I think very, very apt uh, poem there. It's easy to love the nice things about ourselves, but true self-love is embracing the difficult parts that live in all of us. 100%. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, like I love myself. Let's say when I think about the positive things about me. I think I, you know, physical sense, I think I look good. I am pretty healthy. I'm pretty talented in many different areas. Some people say I have a nice voice. Um, you know, all these things, right? But then there's difficult parts of me that I don't, you know, that I naturally don't share as openly with others. Right? Maybe that's something I want to change of like, hey, I've said bad things to bad people. I've made, I've hurt people unintentionally and in the very small, hopefully very small instances had that intention of actually hurting them. Uh, n never physically, but with my words or with my tone, right? But that's 
I've done those things and I've got to embrace that and forgive myself. Hopefully other person can forgive me. Right? But I mean all of that is self-love and not just the parts of me that other people like. And the last one here. There are days when the light flickers and then I remember I am the light. I go in and switch it back on. I mean this is you know, we are the creators. We are the creators of our own destiny. We can do whatever we want with our potential, with our energy, with our time. The hope that we can give others, that we can inspire others. And so I just need to turn the light on inside and illuminate those around me. So anyway, those are my thoughts as I'm kind of lounging here on my sofa. So hopefully this was a relaxed episode of Fully Content as recording this at home, doing the episode on Homebody. So hopefully you were relaxed as well. Um, not so relaxed that you were falling asleep, but maybe you were. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, good morning if you were asleep. But, all right, cool. I'll sign off here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Size Eyes and the Fully Content series. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.